You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Anthony DeComo, who covers the Mets for MLB.com. And my good friend, I think he's my good friend. Hopefully he thinks that too. And we have some news and notes to get to. But first and foremost, my friend, how have you been? How's spring training? Are you eating? Are you sleeping? How's it going for you? I, I am eating. I am sleeping. Um, we are not good friends. We are just the best friends. So I'm so excited <laughs> to be doing and that's podcast with you. Yes, it could be the last one, too. So we're going to savor this and hope that it's a treat for not just us, but for, for you who are tuning in as well. And I think that you're going to like the first topic that we have to talk about. Jacob deGrom, highly anticipated debut of this guy. And you wrote that his pitches were buzzing. I loved that. Uh, Mickey Calloway had high praise for him. But most importantly, it appeared that his back was good to go. No worries, no stiffness, no strains. So I'm wondering, is opening day still on the table for Jacob deGrom? No, it's not. Um, the Mets will tell you that they haven't made a decision, but it doesn't take a lot uh, to look at the calendar and look at what the Mets have said in terms of what he needs to do to get ready, i.e. make four spring training starts to see that the math just doesn't add up. It can't really happen. Um, but you can look to game two of the season and it lines up perfectly for Jacob deGrom. So I suspect sometime in the next week or two, the Mets will sit down and announce that Noah Syndergaard will be the opening day starter and Jacob deGrom will be the game two starter. And we'll go from there because the one thing, uh, that deGrom and that uh, Mickey Calloway and that Dave Island, the pitching coach keep, keep saying is that, you know, deGrom deserves opening day. It'd be great to get him out there, Mm -hmm. but this isn't about opening day. This is about making 30-plus starts, and this yeah. is about him going out there every five days from here on out. Now, would the Mets really be jeopardizing that if they put the ground out there on opening day? Probably not, but considering all the injury issues and, and everything that's happened to this franchise over the past one, two, five, ten years, uh, you know, I think you know, criticizing them for going in a direction of prudence is not a bad thing. I think it makes sense why they're doing this, why they're pushing the ground back. And, and certainly it was a good sign to see him go out there. And, yes, his pitches were buzzing. I think we take for granted sometimes because we see Noah Syndergaard throwing 101 and doing all the things that he does. I think we take for granted sometimes that Jacob deGrom is also probably mm-hmm. a top-ten pitcher in the National League, maybe a top-five pitcher in the National League, and he throws in the upper 90s too and has got all those weapons. So um, it's a good it's a good situation for the Mets, and I think uh, certainly despite the opening day absence, things are looking up for Jacob deGrom. Yeah, so better safe than sorry, and safe right now is no Syndergaard. His last start was another incredible start. He's looking good. We're recording this on Monday, and his next start will be on Tuesday. So now things are building up. He could be named the opening day starter, should be named opening day starter. So what is left for Noah Syndergaard to do as spring training wraps up to be ready for the season in your eyes? Get through the next two weeks healthy. <laughs> that's, that's really it. He, he, he says he's not in midseason form. Um, if striking out seven batters in a row on, by the way, like a, a 
a Nationals lineup that was pretty representative of what they're going to be on opening day. Mm -hmm. Striking out seven of those guys, Bryce Harper and Anthony Rendon and Trey Turner, you know, doing that is not midseason form, then, you know, I don't think midseason form really matters. (laughs) He's he's clearly there. He, He needs to lengthen out like everyone else and get to the point where he can throw 100 pitches in a game. But that's that's easy. That's part of the progression. So um, really just getting through these next two weeks, making, what, three more starts over the course of them, coming out of it healthy. You know, as long as he does all of that, there's no reason to believe that he won't. What more is there to say? We, we all know who Noah Syndergaard is. We all know what he's capable of when he's healthy. We've seen it now multiple times this spring, and uh, the Mets would yes, very much like to see it on opening day against the Cardinals. Okay. All right. I'm going to be at that game, by the way. Not that anybody cares, but... So am I, Danny. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. So I'm pretty pumped. I am from St. Louis, so I'll be watching my hometown team play against my adopted New York team. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to move to the outfield, though. Are you, you're laughing, but it's true. It's all true. This is why we're friends. We're going to move to the outfield. Anthony, Jonas Cespedes, uh, a guy who I love to talk about and I never get to. So, again, a treat for me. Right now he is raking in the two-hole. And this isn't a familiar spot for him, but he's doing really well. And he said that he'll, you know, he doesn't care where he bats, but you wrote that the Mets do care. So, you know, how, how do you see him finding success here and how it could carry over into the season in this two-spot? Well, I, I think, you know, in one sense, lineup construction is really overrated in terms of, of what it means to the guys. Like, I really believe you want to assess this when he says he doesn't care if he hits second or third. He's not going to attack pitchers any differently if he's batting second or third or fourth. Um, he's still the same hitter. He's not going to try and hit fewer home runs because he's up further in the lineup. Uh, so, in that sense, it, it really, I think we in the media sometimes make a bigger deal out of it than it is. Um, but that being said, you know, there are a lot of these analytically driven philosophies in terms of how you best deploy your eight hitters in the National League, or your nine hitters in the American League. Um, and Mickey Calloway and the Mets, um, they take a lot of stock in that, and they put a lot of stock in that. And, you know, they believe that, you know, and it makes sense. You want to get your best hitters the most at-bats possible. So you want a really high on-base percentage guy leading off, and you don't want to bury – you know, your best hitter, which in this case is probably Ioannis Cespedes, at cleanup, where he might get one fewer at bat per game. So uh, they like the idea of Cespedes hitting second. Um, you know, they looked at what the Marlins did last year, which in Carlos Stanton, he obviously hit second a lot. And you see it around the game, more and more of these sluggers who you would put in the three or the four hole traditionally are starting to hit up in the order, are starting to hit second, in some cases even hit first. Um, you know, you'll see it. When Michael Conforto comes back, another player that the Mets feel has, you know, is an MVP caliber type player, he'll probably be leading off for the Mets. So if that's the case, you've got your two best hitters hitting one-two. You know, it's, it can be a, a pretty interesting way to start a game. So uh, I would look out for that. I would be surprised. Actually, I would be shocked at this point if Cespedes does not hit second to start the year, and we'll see how he fares. But I don't think it's going to change his approach one bit. Okay, I like it. I like it. Anthony, you wrote about some, quote, bad fundies going on in camp. First of all, the the abbreviation is 100. It's 110. That's my score for that. But Mickey Calloway wants to go back to the basics. He wants to clean up the fundamentals, but there are two weeks left in camp. How do you do do that in two weeks? Well, first of all, credit to Keith Hernandez because good fundies, bad fundies, that's all him. That's all 
Uh, anyone who, who watches the Mets on SNY knows that that's why we all love Keith. <laughs> um, to answer your question, how do you how do you clean up fundamentals in two weeks? You don't. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of these players are who they are at this point in their their career, and yeah, you can you can do drills and you can go out there early in the morning and, and work on your throws. And, but a lot of this stuff, it's not like it's the stuff that the Mets don't know. And I think right. this is more Mickey Calloway trying to send a message. This is a guy you have to understand in his first really month doing this on the job. He's been very guarded about what he says to us in the media. He's been very close to the vest. He does not like offering specifics on things, offering opinions on specific players. So for him to kind of go out of his way, to say this unprompted tells me that he's trying to send a message. If he's trying to tell his veteran players to wake up and, and maybe make, take charge a little bit, because yes, the regular season is only two weeks away. So I, I don't think there's anything physically necessarily that the Mets need to do differently. Um, I think this is more their manager saying what you're doing right now is not good enough mm. in terms of keeping your head in the game in these spring training games that can go on forever and be interminable and, and no one necessarily wants to be here and playing 35 uh, games. These guys are all individually just looking at their own seasons and what they have to do to get ready. But, um, yeah, it's a new manager trying to establish clubhouse culture. I think we saw it early this spring when the Mets took Dominic Smith out of the lineup because he was late to camp. That was a clear message that Mickey Calloway wanted to send, and I think you're seeing it again now with this bad fundy speech that, you know, he just wants these guys to know that they have to be the best at this stuff if they want to compete. And, and maybe that's not realistic, but if that's what you strive for, then that's you're going to get closer to that goal. Yeah, I mean, I think accountability is one of the most important things in the game. And if it's coming from the manager, if it's coming from your teammates, whoever it's coming from, I think it's important. And, yeah, probably not going to get done in two weeks, but hopefully they clean it up a little bit for their new manager, make him look good on opening day. Uh, switching gears to injury updates. So I'm looking at Anthony Swarzak and Dom Smith and asking about timetables for their returns to full health. They're both very, very close. I think Dom Smith is even closer. Uh, he was a possibility to play on Monday or on Sunday, excuse me. Didn't wind up doing it, um, but it sure sounds like after Monday's off day, he could be in there. Uh, how much it matters, we will see. Um, you know, this didn't seem like it was much of a first base competition coming into camp. And Mickey Calloway even said the other day, I'm not sure how much of competition it is because Dom Smith has played half a game over the course of the entire spring. So he, he's almost certainly going to end up at AAA, but the Mets would certainly like to get him some reps down the stretch here. Uh, as for Anthony Swarzak, he's missed a couple of weeks now with that calf that he strained covering for his base, but he threw a sim game the other day. Uh, looks like all systems are pretty much go for him to get back into a Grapefruit League game. And, you know, while two weeks until the season doesn't seem like a ton of time for a reliever who doesn't necessarily have to stretch out like, a Jacob DeGrom or a starting pitcher would, uh, that should be more than enough for him to get ready and, and be ready by opening day. Okay, Anthony, as we wrap up, which I don't want to do, unfortunately, but we have to because... All good things must come to an end. I guess so. I guess so. But as we look ahead, because I feel like we were just talking about how I can't believe spring training isn't here yet. I can't believe the off season is still lingering. And now we're saying we're about to wrap up. What's still left on the Mets to-do list as they enter opening day? It's health. I mean, it, it, it really is, and it seems like a broken record because we talk about it every single week on these podcasts, but 
no one denies the talent here. And as long as the Mets can get through the next couple of weeks healthy, and they've had a bunch of injury things pop up this spring, but really nothing major, really nothing um, like in years past that has affected what they can do or what they can put out on the field on opening day. As long as that continues to be the case, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement about this team heading into March 29th. Um, the rotation has been healthy, and with the exception of maybe one or two guys, has looked very, very good. Um, the Mets are going to have a really interesting decision. Who do they take in that fifth starter spot? Is it Zach Wheeler? Is it Stephen Matz? Is it Robert Gesellner or Seth Lugo? Uh, really all but Matz have looked good, and Matz looked good himself last time out. So that's a decision they have to make. Um, they have to figure out what to do beyond their top four guys in the bullpen. Um, who do they take? Who goes to AAA? Who may be... Uh, stay stretched out as a starter, who goes to the bullpen in terms of those guys who don't make it. So there's little decisions they have to make. The lineup is set. The bench is pretty much set. Um, but by and large, you know, if you're coming out of camp and Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom are healthy, mm-hmm. Matt Harvey's healthy, and Giannis Cespedes is healthy, and, and Jay Bruce and, and Adrian Gonzalez and all these guys, you know, they're going to be a formidable team. And I, I don't think anyone really around the game denies that. There's just a, a skepticism of, of can this day can this be maintained yeah. over 162 games for a team that hasn't been able to do it in years past so getting out of spring training is step number one and uh, we're about two weeks away and and we'll go from there all right and i i lied this is the last thing we're recording this on monday so we don't often record at the beginning of the week so is there anything that you are going to be writing about anyone you're keeping an eye on that we can go read at mets.com well, Noah Syndergaard pitches tomorrow, so that's always like stop and drop what you're doing and, and watch him pitch and write about it. So that's, uh, that's item number one, and then we'll see. We'll see. We'll go from there. I've got a few things in my pocket. <laughs> okay, make you do a double take, Anthony DeComo style. If you guys want to get your Mets fix, you can go to Mets.com and read all that good stuff. With Anthony DeComo, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.